Hello, Pastor Deborah here, and this is Agape Love. Love is here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned how to help people the Lord's way, and of her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Hello, Pastor Deborah here again. And we are in another class. In fact, it's class number seven of the Master Class Initiative of Nigeria. Welcome students from all over the world. I see that you've been watching the videos, and I hope you're taking notes and looking up all the words, the stories, and the movies that I've been talking about. Leadership development. It is all over the internet and social media. So many wonderful, wonderful voices and teachings and wisdom are out there. I just watched one of them from LinkedIn. They're linked, <coughs> excuse me, LinkedIn leadership. A precious young lady was teaching on the 32nd elevator speech. Do you have one? Do you know how to give a 30-second elevator speech? Or if you meet somebody in the streets, on the roads, in an elevator, passing by, and you have 30 seconds to introduce yourself, to make an impression, good or bad, to let them be curious about you, to prep to present your identity and the business or what you're doing. I had to practice. I took classes. I paid money to go to learn how to give a proper 30-second elevator speech. That was so good. Maybe some of you want to check it out on LinkedIn. I'll try to remember to put a hashtag down there on LinkedIn Leadership Training. I'm not sure if it's free or if it costs money, but the lady that did it, she was so good. You learn how to stand. You learn how to speak with microphones. I just went through that class at missionography training for four days. I learned how to videotape and interview people. I learned the techniques of lighting, sound, music, and some computer graphics program called Premiere Pro I knew nothing about. Because I used Filmora 9. But I was the oldest one, but I'm still learning. The teacher, Ian Skelly, was so sweet. He is a missionographer. He's almost like my son to me. And I had to humble myself many, many times because we clashed. His creativity versus my creativity. His knowledge versus my ignorance. Even though I'm out on YouTube. I'm still taking classes. I got videotaped. I had to tell my story for about five minutes. 
I interviewed and had to videotape another person. And then I had to do all the graphics and the music and the cutting and make a video out of it. Stressful four days, but I made it. Maybe you'll get to see my story. I think they called it One Woman's Journey that I can put up here on uh, what does a leader do. A leader keeps training, taking classes you don't know nothing about, watching people. Do you know how many YouTube videos I watch about how to have a successful YouTube channel? Yeah, lots of them. Oh, yeah, I watch a precious lady a lot called Gillian. Can't remember her last name, GP. She teaches all about lighting in her. She's got a room in her house. I'm sitting in front of my glass door, as always, in my living room. Can you tell in the background? See some teddy bears? Whoops, there he is. They're like my children. Put my flowers up so I'm like in a garden. Got my board. So, I'm learning. I want to learn. That's one of the secrets of a leader, is wanting to learn more and to learn things you don't know and be willing to spend time and money, energy and effort and even put yourself under somebody that's younger than you and learn. Oh, it was hard with me and Ian. Yes, it was. But I humbled myself and I learned. Ian, boy, he has to have a lot of patience because... Some people in there, they knew how to do all this stuff. They had fancy cameras. They used iPhones and iPads and iTablets. Pastor Deborah doesn't. She just uses her Logatron. So I was a little limited. I couldn't just walk around with a phone and taking pictures and didn't have a handheld video camera. So I was a little limited, but I learned a lot. So what does a leader do? He keeps on learning. He learns things he doesn't know. Put yourself in uncomfortable positions. Changed my whole schedule for four days. I went to bed at seven thirty, eight o'clock, up at 6. Studying, meeting people, listening. Boy, did the brain injury, I, energy I had to use. Well, I was tired. 68, it's not as easy to learn this stuff. Especially from some of them young whippersnappers. But I do. I submit. Part of the time of being a leader is you learn. I don't know what I don't know. I need to learn from other people. Oh, it's easy to sit at home and watch a YouTube about how to do something. But when you have to go in person, in front of a group, and submit personally to someone younger than you, who knows a whole lot more about this and is a professional. It's very difficult, but I did it because I am a leader that's always learning, stretching myself, trying to understand. Now, I am more like being in front of the camera than behind. I don't want to sit in the back and be a television director. Don't have the techie skills. A little bit old for that. I know audio is important, so that's why I got me a little microphone here. And um, all this cutting and pasting, then putting in music, that was something I'd never done before, but I learned. So I went through Missionography Training Academy that was connected with WHBR-TV, 
in Pensacola, Florida, and connected to Globe International to help people go and videotape missionaries or learn how to tell stories. Some of us take pictures, but it's silly, goofy stuff. Can you put a a five-minute story together with a beginning, a middle, and an end? Do you study before you do your UCAM? Webcamming, excuse me. To present this class to you, class number seven of the Master Class Initiative of Nigeria. I've studied. I've read. I've prayed. I've reread my notes. I made a new board for you. Can you see it back there? Yeah. The other. I got a new one. I tried putting the text on the screen, but I would flow into it. That didn't look good, so I went back to writing on my board in my beautiful picture frames. Because I believe when you're a student, everything should be pleasant to the eye. See my flowers down there? That's a flower arrangement I have in my living room. Got my necklace on, got my long sleeves. If my hair looks a mess, it's because it got washed this morning. Kind of gray, and when it, it's got a life of its own. So I just wash it and let it dry naturally. So, Master Class Initiative Students, Class Number Seven What Does a Leader Do? Very good question. So let's begin. I want to begin with something. Excuse me. I'm going to reach over here. With some verses out of the Christian Bible. You don't have to be a Christian to listen to them. Or, but, but you can believe in them. They're words of wisdom that will help you. So just listen. Proverbs 25.2 It is the glory of God. To conceal a thing. Did you know gods will hide things from us? Mm-hmm. Yes sir they do. I don't. I guess that's his privilege and right. But. It is the honor. Of kings. Pastor Deborah. And a leader. That be you. You right there. Consider yourself a king. Because really you are. You just don't know it yet. And I'm going to put up somewhere up there that little card that shows you. If you'll go to the um, King and Kingdom series and you study some other of the series, you'll learn more about yourself being a king. It is the honor of kings to search out a matter. So we got two people involved, a god who hides things from us and us who are going to go and search it out so that's what you're doing if you're listening you're searching out a matter that's probably hidden from you what is a leader what are the characteristics of a leader what is leadership development as I told you I go and watch many things on LinkedIn YouTube People send me posts. I watch the videos. There's another guy named Daniel Pennington. He's an excellent teacher. He's out on LinkedIn. Excellent teacher. I'll put his hashtag. That teaches communication skills. Speaking in front of public. How to talk better. How to organize your thoughts. Excellent teacher. 
You need one of those in your life. You need to learn how to give that 30-second elevator speech. You need to know how to act and dress in front of a camera. Do you know I tried different colors of lipstick? Different necklaces? Mm -hmm. When I went to that missionary training academy, I dressed with black. Black does very well in front of camera lights. I actually got to sit in while they were filming and recording at one of their uh, shows called Christian Music Christian Countdown or something. And they had to watch the time, the songs. They had to do many takes. The lights were pointed on them. I sat on camera too. And I had to wear headsets. So it's when you are becoming a leader, you must know all sides. Practice sitting in the audience. There's another great guy out there named Tony Robbins. He's a great communicator. I'm sitting here with, you would think there's no physical person in front of me, but i got to talk to the camera like you are. So I envision you sitting out there. I envision myself on a great stage with thousands and millions and billions of people just sitting, listening and watching. Took practice to learn how to do that. You'll find to become a leader, you must practice a lot. You must practice your communication skills, your speaking, your speed, your eye contact. What do you do with your hands out here? How do you talk? How do you use your hands to explain and to emphasize what you're talking about? Some people are excellent at hand gestures and talking and uh, Using their hands? Excellent. Now, I'm not quite good at that yet, but I watch them. Some people can't quite, haven't overcome the fear yet, but that just takes practice. Learning how to talk into cameras, being comfortable in front of the camera. Always keeping your appearance up. Always making sure that you wear the proper clothes. That's what a leader does. He practices behind the scenes. He edits himself. He has other people look at it. When I uh, make a video, I do a 25-second sort of ministry commercial. And I send it to Ian Skelly at WHPR-TV called MySpot. You'll see some of those. They're on Vimo. But I have them on the website under CTN, Christian Television Network. And I send him the raw footage, and he does his magic. And it comes out wonderful. And it's down to the nanoseconds, because television is different. So leaders have to learn to talk with microphones, without microphones. They have to learn how to wave correctly, how to sit. Remember I told you, we are all like at one time Anne Hathaway, Mia who did not know she was a princess until her grandmother came over and they told her that her father was a king. She was a mess. In the movie, The The Princess Diaries, her grandmother, excuse me, sinuses, had to take her, train her, fix her hair, her dress, her walk, her talk, how to sit and wave from a car, how to sit at a table and eat. 
Because when you're trying to become a leader, you may not even know you are. You may think just because you graduate from college, you're a leader. Uh Uh-uh. There's a lot more to leading than just having a degree. So these classes are to to explore with you, help you to ponder and think at a deeper level. And a lot of things are hidden from you, but you must go search them out. Okay, let's go to another one. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Uh, The Quran might have something in this. And the Jewish people, they know this one very well. The secret things, oops, more secret things, belong unto the Lord, our God. Even Allah has some secret things. Mm-hmm. You don't think, O Buddha and Confucius, just going to give it to you free. you got to study, put into practice what they teach you. Now, they're all trying to make you better. Have a better life. Be a better person. And help your nation. But you can't do it inappropriately. Where you offend people. You have to help people to want to change. Out of love. And respect. So a leader has to help other people to see. To come up to their potential. So that maybe one day they too will see that they are a leader. A leader is also like a parent. Raising up the children. Trying to keep the family together. But those things which are revealed belong unto us. Oh, all the stuff that Confucius and Buddhism, all these gods and goddesses and Allah, they've revealed tons of stuff to us. And their books and their sayings. They belong to us. They're here for us to learn about, study, use and apply. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. You have to apply it. Not just do it because you have to do it. And to our children. Forever. Why, Pastor Deborah? So that we may do them, obey them, reflect what we've learned, shine out what we have discovered and learned, all the image and the likeness of the words. Just doing the words. We can tell somebody, sit down. And they'll physically sit down. But on the inside, they ain't sitting down. They ain't obeying you. They don't say, excuse me, any reason to sit down. They don't respect you. No, they're sitting down on the outside. They're mad on the inside. We want to be an image and a reflection of what a true leader should be. Some countries want a father figure, an Iran right now. The people are saying, uh, having a God, or this religion, and these uh, imams and stuff, that's wonderful, but we want a father figure. We had it with our kings. Because most people feel like children of a nation. They want one person. 
to comfort them, lead them, where they feel like they're a family. And through religion, boy, we've got that all fragmented out. we got pastors and imams and monks and all kinds of different people saying different things. And then we got elected presidents and prime ministers, and they don't seem to be under the same kind of God that we want to serve. It is a mess. It is a mess out there. I hope you've seen that too. So these words that we discover, these words of wisdom from Buddha and Confucius, even from the Quran, they are words to help us. But you know, you can speak harsh words. You can force people to obey them. What do you think the secret of a leader is? To get somebody to want to do what you are suggesting is best. That's right. A leader doesn't force you. But sometimes they have to. Sometimes the leader has to make changes in order to get money. Because the insurance companies won't pay unless you're certified. You have to have inspections in hospitals and places. You have to have oversight committees. Why? Because they don't trust you. Businesses will cut corners. Have you ever noticed that? To save money. Because they're really working for the god called mammon. The lust of money. I want you to go watch the first three Hobbit movies about the Hobbit, the unexpected journey, the desolation of Schmog, and the, well, I think the five armies. Learn about Smog the dragon. Learn about his lust for gold. Learn even before he got on it how it made king of Erebor the grandfather go mad there was a sickness a disease that comes through greed he just looked at the gold he loved it so much made him go mad and sick and you see that throughout Thorin actually went that way in the final movie you'll see their attitudes change their personalities change they become angry and fearful and jealous he had to take his hat off to return to the real person he was the love of money and gold and silver possessions did you know that some people just think people are possessions as many of them as I can have, then I'm a leader. Some people think artwork, owning ancient treasures out of Egypt. But they are. They got something special. So yes, things and people. But the one that I want you to study about is the greed. The sickness of greed. The lust of it. Smog had it. And he wasn't going to give up and go study him in the movies. Write down all his characteristics. And see his anger. And his jealousy. Listen to them talk about the sickness that comes from 
desiring such gold. Nowadays, you can get the same sickness because your desire for money, riches, wealth, reputation, sex. Some people have a problem with that. They'll lie, cheat, and steal. They'll do anything necessary to get property and houses and positions. We say that all the time. And they're vulnerable people when they are like that. Because they want something so bad, they are blinded. And they've actually gone off into that world where they can't see correctly. So what does a leader do? You need to be aware of that. You need to look at yourself. All of us have it. It's in our soul. It's called the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So let's begin now with class number seven. What does a leader do? Before I really get into what I wrote up, I'm going to give you a couple more wonderful words of wisdom out of the Christian Bible. Remember, if you're not a Christian, that's okay. You can still use them. Do you know the Quran is mostly the Old Testament of the Jewish Bible? Can you believe that? Very interesting. The Jewish, the Orthodox Jewish, they're still in the Old Testament. And guess what? That's where I'm fixing to go. Mm-hmm. So everybody can listen to this. It is okay to listen to other words. Then you evaluate them. And you decide if they're flesh or spirit. Then you decide what kind of spirit in God is behind them. Because there are a lot of gods. Do you know what comes up on my computer? When I turned it on, it's a beautiful uh, tower that's right on a lake or a stream. And it is a temple dedicated to the goddess of that river or that lake. Beautiful structure. There's a lot of gods out there. There's a god of this age. There's a god of this world. There's a God up in heaven and even the third heavens. There's a God that was a creator of everything. Have you ever wondered if Mount Olympus and all the gods of Olympus were Zeus and Poseidon and Venus, Apollo, do you think they're still around? Did you know in Islam they believe in that spiritual world? They got things called jinns. Mm-hmm. Go study Arabian Nights. They believe in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They believe in the bad stuff. So does Pastor Deborah. Pastor Deborah has been trained and educated to recognize them and to deal with them appropriately if necessary. There's a lot of gods out here. A lot of people. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. All of religion can help us if we study it. You know, I just studied Gilgamesh cuneiform Mm -hmm. I love to study ancient Egypt they believed in connections to gods they believed in demons in the underworld Mm -hmm. they believed there was chaos on the earth go study the ancient Greeks Mm -hmm. they believed ancient Rome they believed go back into ancient China 
They believed. What do you think the dragon is? How about the Vikings and Valhalla? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every civilization. The American Indians had the great spirit in the sky. And they all believed that they should be a part of our lives. We should be praying to them. They should be helping us. They used to pray to them all the time. Seek out their words of wisdom. Did you, anybody gone to Delphi? Where they used to have in ancient Greece the oracle? I, I watched a documentary on that. It was on a fault line. They said and some gases would come up. And they would put a lady in there. Who was sort of non-political. And I guess she breathed the fumes. And she'd go into a trance. And she would people would come and ask her questions through the priests and they paid money so it was money making thing <clears throat> and they um, wanted to know what was going to happen sort of like fortune telling uh, now tarot card readings prophets prophecy they wanted to know what they were to do what was to happen now she never was very specific and uh, but that was a part of life everybody went to the oracle at Delphi I even visited it it's way up on a hill. Got to walk a long way. Gods and goddesses have been a part of humanity. They picked leaders, took them down, depending on if you were righteous or unrighteous. I just watched another movie called The Immortals. Excellent. It deals a lot with the Titans and uh, Athens and Greece and about legacy. And about a nation being a children and power and greed and that's great to watch. The interaction, the the closeness of man and gods in picking leaders and the role of gods in our lives. You want to learn and study the importance of having a God in your life as a leader. Go watch Homer's Odyssey. I think his name is Precipitous. It's a movie uh, on YouTube about three hours long about how uh, Helen of Troy was sort of stolen away from her Greek husband and they all went to go get her back and they fought over at Troy for ten years. And then this guy, who was a king of his little island or city-state, came up with this idea to build the Trojan horse uh, burn their uh, built, take their boats. Everybody disappeared, and because the Trojans loved horses, so they'll find out your weakness. They'll send it in, and inside of it was what the Greeks. So they took the Trojan horse into the city, and they started dancing and drinking and just having a good old time because that was their favorite thing. They worshipped and idolized. And they thought the gods had left it for them. But it was a snare and a trap. So these Greeks came out and they wiped out Troy and got Helen. When it was all over, I think his name was Precipitous. That may not be correct. Can't remember. Because I start watching these things and then it clicks. And he goes out to this big cliff and starts, Whoa, praise to me. 
I came up with this idea. This was all me. No God helped me. No God gave me this idea. Look how good I was the defender. I defeated Troy. Don't ever say that. Old Poseidon, the god of the oceans, he roared up in waves and spoke to him. How dare you say that? I'm going to teach you a lesson. That man without God is nothing. You will never return home. 25 years later, after all these adventures, excellent, he runs into more gods, and I'm going to probably go back and watch it myself. Because you learn that when you have a God in your life, could be a good God, could be a bad God. They can work for you, they can work against you. It's not pleasant. And he gave in to the lust of his flesh and sex and lust of his eyes and and he just had a good time and then he would sort of wake up and decide, I got to get home. Because he had told his wife not to marry anybody if he was gone too long. Uh, the other kings of his city-state would come and want to marry her. He had lots of property. He said, wait and hold them off till uh, our son has a beard. Then they'll come. And they did. That's in the movie. And uh, so he's trying to make it home, and the gods were working against him. Have you ever, as a leader, taken credit for something you did? And you left out a god? They'll work against you. So he's on the shipwreck trying to get home. And he's asking this Poseidon, Why are you doing this to me? Why don't you just kill me? This is misery. And he says, I don't want to kill you. I just want to make you suffer. Because until you learn that man without a God is nothing. So you better learn that a man without a God as a leader is nothing. And they will turn and they will work against you. Mm Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent three-hour movie. Excellent. Watch it. I think it's called The Odyssey by Homer. Three-hour movie. I think uh, excellent to watch on YouTube. And um, so now let's get back to our Old Testament scriptures. Jeremiah 17, 10. I, the Lord, search the heart the spirit, the soul's mind. I try and I test and I prove the reins, that which is pulling you, stirring you, steering you, excuse me, that are in the hands of another. When you look at a horse, inside of his mouth is a bridle. It goes on its tongue. And through pain, when the rider pulls on one side, turns the head this way, and to alleviate the pain, the horse turns his head that way. And then the rider kicks him in the ribs, so the horse goes that way. If he pulls, if the rider pulls on the other side, to alleviate the pain, the horse turns his head and goes that way. So what God is doing, he is saying, there are some reins in your life that are connected to your heart, your spirit, to your soul, and the soul's mind. 
Now those reins go to something or somebody. He's going to check and see who's sitting behind you pulling the reins of the horse. You. Who's tugging on them? Who's up there behind you? Who's turning you? He's going to try those reins. So he can look at you as one, the horse. And what sometimes God will have to do to us is through pain. That's how we learned them in the Odyssey. You're going to do some things. You do that with your children. They learn through pain to get you to do something. So even a leader, he has to have his heart his mind, his concepts, his ideas, they have got to be tried and tested and proven. God has to look at your ideas, your desires, your hopes, your dreams, your concepts, your ideas, your culture, your religion, and he's going to try those because that is what are your reins. If your religion says do this, then you're pulled that way. If your culture as a man says you're to do this, that culture reign pulls you that way. So he's going to try and prove and test everything in your life that is pulling you and directing you. That's what he does. So he's going to look and see which one of those things is pulling you through pain maybe fear of isolation is it the lust of your eyes that is your reign the lust of your flesh anger jealousy ignorance he's going to try those he considers those concepts ideas reigns even to every man he's going to do that if you're a leader because he wants to give you some things. But first he's going to try you and test you. He's going to see why you want to do what you want to do. Why do you want to lead the people, the nations, the family? Why do you even want to become a father? Maybe you just want to have sex and you want to have an orgasm. But you don't really want to marry the person. You just want pleasure. You don't want the responsibility. So that's a concept you have. And he's going to try it test it and he's got to prove it in order for him to lift you up put you in the place where he thinks you will be best because he says I'm going to try these reins that turn you lead you and guide you even to every man according to the fruit the endings, the fulfillness of your doings. Alright, so let's say we have the horse. He has a bridle in. That's like you. You have concepts, ideas, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, culture. Okay, you have your own ideas of what a leader is to do. When I get there, I'm going to do this. Now he's going to take those reins, those thoughts, those feelings, those attitudes. Even if there's wounds in there, 
and you're just doing this to get back at people. He's going to say, if you keep going in that direction right over there, and you're tur- and that's turning you, what will be the fruit? Will you get where you want to get to? Will you get where this leader, this God wants you to get to? He won't know. He, he can look. Like, if you stay on a road, and you're trying to get <clears throat> to another city, he can look, well, you're on the wrong road. You keep going off this way, not that way. But if you keep staying on this road, you will get to that city. So I'm trying your determination, your dedication, your wisdom, the instructions, your learning to go from one place to another. So the fruit of those rains would be that you got to the other city that you want to go to. That's the fruit. You arrived at your destination. So he's going to look at what your fruit would be as he tries your concepts if you go this way if you follow this person if you make this decision if you do this for the country if you do that he's going to watch your mouth he's going to listen to you if you say one thing to us and one thing to behind the scenes if you make secret deals he's going to see if you make secret deals with countries that are not really nice and it's all so that you will get reelected but it might help the, the community but the deal you made is they, they'll give you what you want and they'll get what they want controlling your nation mm-hmm. will you some nations they might rip off other nations make a lot of money to take that money and build a dam or a school or something in a poor country. And they think, and you believe they just love you so much. They're helping your people, and you, as a politician and a leader, are helping, excuse me, bring good things to your nation. But you don't realize what's behind the scene, and you probably don't even care. So when you can't repay the debt back, they go, that's fine. You're going to give us ownership of it. You're going to give us this land, and you're going to do what we tell you to do, and we're and you're going to support us, and you're going to talk about us in a good light, because you owe us money. Once you get in debt to people, you're no longer a leader; you're just a slave. Let's go on to another one, Lamentations three forty. Yeah, I'm going. To, yeah, I'm going to get to. What does a leader do? I've got it written out. But a lot of times you have to have some background. You've got to think. I want all of you that read the Quran to go to it. Start studying what Muhammad says about a leadership in there. If you're Jewish, go study the Old Testament and study the leaders, the kings, the priests, the prophets. If you're Christian, go read and study Jesus Christ. Study the Old Testament. If you're Buddha, you go listen to him. He's got some words of wisdom. My goodness. Confucius, he's got some words also. Go study. What do all of these people say about leaders? Leadership. Training. 
requirements. And then what are you supposed to do? Make notes. Study your nation's ancient history. All of the leaders. Read their biographies. Watch the movies. Go back and watch movies. Study the ancient dictators. A lot of good ones, a lot of bad ones. Study what got people into wars. What were they fighting about? Go study. Lamentations 340. Let us search and try, test, prove your our ways. And then turn again to the Lord. You're going to have to stop and look at your ways. The rains that are turning you this way. Going that way. Leading you off this way. Maybe you stop the horse. And you don't do anything. Maybe you gallop right past it. Just don't even look. Sometimes you ignore situations. Don't even hear it. Don't want to look at it. Don't want to talk about it. Your reins will be tried by the gods, believe it or not, and by all of us. We may not see your fruit right away, because you may talk to us on the over a microphone and say, "Trust me, vote for me. I'm going to do this, this, and this. I promise this for you. If you vote for this bill." Good things will happen. Oh, I promise you this is not going to happen, period. Oh, I'm not really allowed to do this by our Constitution, but I think it's a good idea. I'll take my pen, and I'll take my phone, and I'll do an executive order. And then your courts uphold an illegal law. Done all the time, just had it happen here in America. Got horrible judges. And we have to trust them to interpret our country's constitutions. Pressure from all sides. Leaders, you think it's going to be easy. You're going to be pressured. Money will flow to your coffers. Women and boys and men and children will come calling. Oh, you get a free ticket to the Super Bowl with all expenses paid. Can you be bought? Oh, come to Nigeria. We'll pay your way, your wife's way, all your kids. $20,000. Just come and talk to us for three or four days. That twenty or $30,000 could have been used to help the poor in the country. Build schools. Dig wells. Build medical schools. And some people do that because they want the money. Oh, we'll fly you over in a private plane. And the person who goes, he just thinks, wow, this is wonderful. But he doesn't think about the poor in the country. And then they brag about being multimillionaires and God blessed them. No, they didn't. You were bought for and paid for. And while you got it, the people of that nation did not receive that thirty or $40,000. They were left out. Some people like that. You're going to have pressure. You'll have money that's available to you. You'll have access to people and events. 
and what are you to do so the Lord the God he gonna try you now let's go to one more Revelations 18.14 Some of you may not be familiar with this But believe it or not In Islam they do believe A new world is coming Some guy's going to come I get, Some prophet I think I don't know his name He's going to come in on a white horse And they're trying to help it come along Well that's the same thing in Christianity And, and the Jewish people They're still waiting for the Messiah So everybody is known something's coming Revelations just means something is being revealed to us. So let's listen. Verse 14. And the fruits, the blessings, the end, the sweet things that your soul lusted after are departed from you. Oops. And all things which were daintily and sweet and goodly are departed from you and you shall find them no more at all oops I think what happens they're meaning when death comes even to a leader all that money and goodness and all those blessings that you can't take it with you you're not taking even your dirt your diamond rings your money can't go with you and all the money in the world you, that you have and all the doctors can't save you from death and the grave. And all those things your soul lusted after, power, prestige, it's gone. Mm-hmm. But yet that part of us, that spirit, still lives on. But all that's gone. And we might have a legacy down here. But it ain't pretty. Oh history will remember you. There will be movies maybe made of you. And books written. Or you could be totally forgotten. I like to use Nelson Mandela. He was a black man in South Africa. He was a lawyer. Trained and educated in England. Because England was... Uh, one of the colonial powers in South Africa. Well, there was a big mess down there we know called apartheid. Well, he came back and got thrown into prison. I don't remember exactly what for. Lost his wife. I think her name was Winnie. Stayed 28 years. And he was around white people. Took him 28 years to learn a lesson. Forgive them that treat you wrong. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hurt you. Took him 28 years in prison to forgive the white people. Please don't be like that. And have to spend 28 years learning one thing. To love your neighbor. To love your enemy. To forgive. Because you can't be used as a leader until you get there. Oh, you'll be a leader, but it won't be good. And we see a lot of that. A lot of history of bad leaders. So, what does a leader do? Great question. How will you know if you become a leader? Is there any job description for a leader? In some jobs there are. 
Will it fulfill your deepest desires? Good. Let me tell you a story. There was this young man, real precious, uh, but he did get off into drugs and alcohol, had a problem. But when he was working in some business or organization, he kept seeing that the leaders of this business had a special parking spot. And they got to leave this building, this work, whenever they wanted to. They didn't have to stay there. They could come and go. And uh, they had privileges he did not have. He didn't like that. So he wanted to become one of them. So he could get what they got. Is that what a leader does? You want a privileged parking spot? You want to be able to leave work and go whenever you want to? That's what he started. That's all he saw. He didn't like being placed where he was. He didn't have much experience, but he didn't like it. He saw they didn't have to be responsible for anything. He just told them what to do, get in their car, leave. Then they didn't have to walk far in the parking lot. So some people go after leadership to have parking spaces very close. To be able to leave and come and go and nobody question you. To make a decision and never be challenged. Is that what a leader does? Would you do the same thing if you got a leadership and the only reason you wanted is to have a parking spot? Maybe get a car and a chauffeur? Maybe have some secret agents around you? Total protection around your house and family? And they can't question you. Maybe you just want to have servants in your house that make your food and fix your hair. Is that what a leader does? Let's look and see. I'm back. I had to get my notes. So, class number seven. Masterclass Initiative of Nigeria. Leadership Development. What does a leader do? It's real important for you to know your desires, why you want to be a leader, the quality of what it takes to get there, the characteristics of what you must have, to know that you need to be trained, tested, and proved, and understand one more part of leadership. What are you to do as a leader in any area? If you don't know what one is to do, the activities that you must perform, the duties you have vowed to keep. Did you know when you take a marriage vow, you're taking an oath in front of a God that takes vows very seriously. And if you break it, you in deep trouble with that God because you broke your word. If you vow to forsake all others, that means all others. If you vow to care for the other person in sickness and in health, to love always, that doesn't mean you can sell them to your friends for sex. Or that you can beat them. You don't beat somebody you love. And abuse the children that came out of 
her or came from your seed. Does your religion say that it's okay to break a vow before a God? They take it very seriously. Bad things will happen to you when you break your word that you gave to a God. When you get married or you express partnership or you even sign a contract with a company to be the leader. It's a vow. Your word is given. And you decide to break it. I'm not saying they won't decide to break their vow. Because they do. But you must know the activities. The duties. Responsibilities. That are connected with being a leader. With the office. With the title. There's great respect that must go. Can somebody say. I want to listen to you. Your words are wise. I believe what you say. I trust you. Or is that all a show and fake? And behind the scenes you're doing something else. And you're hanging out with people. That don't really love you. They just want you to sign the law. So they get what they want. What is the position that a leader holds in a family, a neighborhood, a church, a synagogue, in the temple, in the mosque? If you're a policeman, just a family member, a business owner, what does a leader look like to the rest of us? Some of it's written in law when you go and look at a job description. All the jobs I had said when you become a leader, there were many duties that were not assigned. Now let me show you the difference what a leader is. I'll use the military. In the military, we had the enlisted, those who did not graduate from college, very smart, talented people, mechanics, very learned But in the military, you were an enlisted person if you did not have a college degree. You were an officer if you had a college degree. And then there were different levels, as we know, in the military. The rules were, they enlisted, the young ones, they worked, we'll say, 8 to 5, blue collar. If you had a master chief in there, He was a manager. He had to manage all of those young enlisted people. And he had to also be very close to the officer who may not know diddly squat. A lot of, in the Navy, a lot of your officers graduated, didn't know anything about the ship. It was the master chief's position as a leader of the young enlisted people to help the officer, to cover him, protect him, Help him learn his way. They were a team. The master chief and the officer. As the officer grew in knowledge. But the master chief and the officer. They both worked many hours. Beyond the end of the day. The master chief had studied. Taken tests. Worked his way through time and schools. To get where he was. 
the officer had gone to college. But he still had a lot to learn. Okay? The officer had to also attend a lot of cocktail parties. A lot of things at the officer's club. Know how to marry the right kind of woman. She had to also know how to go to the parties. Stand in receiving lines. Shake hands with the admirals. Most of them did not work. Totally different. But they were both working together as a team to move that ship, that aircraft carrier. Just think about the guy at the top, the captain. He's responsible for 5,000 people. He's a manager of people. He has officers under him. He must know the ship. Okay, a lot of stuff. So what happens is, when you become a leader, there are written job descriptions. Sometimes it's just time in service. Sometimes they see your potential, the people that are over you that maybe hired you to get there. I just saw an excellent video from Gillian. She was talking about that she tried to believe that she could be something, but she had to switch it around and believe in her potential. You have to believe that you have potential to learn, to grow, and develop. And you might need a lot of schooling, education, videos, practice, and have a mentor in your life. But believing in potential, and if you don't know how to do something, let's say communicate, then contact Daniel Pennington. He'll teach you. You must get in contact with people. You must learn that I have the desire, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know what all will be required of me. Because the job descriptions usually are pretty sparse. <laughs> and when you move up, my son just did this. He was, um, he's up in the Pittsburgh, Allegheny Sheriff's Department. And he was what you would call a blue collar. He has a master's of business administration. But he was considered a union worker. Guaranteed salary. And he had a job description. Well, his boss left and he was offered the management position, but he became fearful because they could fire you at any minute. Well, they couldn't do that with the blue collar. You got a union backing you up. So we had to work through his feelings of fear of being now what we would call in management and leadership. He could handle it, but there was fear of being, well, they could fire me, yes, but the pay was much better, yes. The hours are longer, yes. But he didn't have anything but himself and his God protecting him. And a good supervisor. Thank you. But we had to go through that. Because he was going from a follower to a leader. Now for almost a year, he's been doing two positions. His old position and his new position. He's too, he has to supervise himself in one. And he has to be the leader in another. Now he had the skills. But he moved from being sort of a follower to a leader. And they were going to hire some other people, but that all fell through. Then COVID came and hiring freeze. So he's one guy. He can handle it. That's no problem. But we had to work through for many, many months the fear of giving up guaranteed union job and guaranteed salary increases to management. So we had to work through that. 
So what happens when you're becoming a leader, there's so many things that happen that you don't know all the things. You might start in a company. You might start working in the family business. And you're just doing whatever they tell you to do. And then, oops, they pass away. And it's all on your shoulders now. You've never been in that position. The stress is tremendous. It's different when you learn how to be a leader. One of the great movies to watch that will help you is called Working Girl. Um, Melanie Griffin. And I think what's his, his name that played in Star Wars? Harrison Ford. I think that's it. She was just a secretary of a pool in the secretary system. And she wanted to move up to management leadership. So she cut out all these. She used to read all these uh, true stories. She cut out newspaper articles. She started developing on her own ideas. But she could never get anywhere. So she ran into this man who was the leader in an elevator. And Harrison Ford was very helpful he said go do your thing and so in the elevator she presented her idea there's your elevator speech but before that she actually had to learn to go to cocktail parties fix her hair she struggled because her boyfriend was back in the neighborhood when she was trying to improve herself he was having an affair with somebody else that didn't help she had to go alone, but she was willing to put on different clothes, go out places she had never been. She was a very beautiful girl and had to go and look the part of a leader. Great movie to watch, Working Girl. you got to learn your elevator speech because sometimes that's what it takes. Better have some knowledge to back you up. And you better be a thinker and have the desires. She had, it's an excellent movie to watch how you move. And then you need supportive people in your life because it's different being a manager and a leader than just a part of the others. So what does a leader do? There's after-hour meetings. In the military, the officers must learn how to go to the officers' club must learn how to go to the cocktail parties don't have to drink my dad didn't drink he'd hold a coke look like bourbon you got to hold a plate of food how to eat in public correctly how to wear gloves and your dress uniforms that were all stuffy the females had to learn how if it was before 4:30 the length of the dress and the style was a certain thing after 5.30, the length of the dress and the style was different. You needed to learn how to dance. Two people holding hands, doing waltzes, gracefully dancing on the dance floor. You needed to know how to sit at the dinner table, which fork you use for salad and others, how not to eat too much, and usually uh, a lot of times how you ordered was the female would tell the man what she wanted and he would order to the waiter. Go watch Pretty Woman. 
help you see the change that must occur. So when you move into leadership, your eating habits must change, your dress, how you talk, can't chew gum, can't smoke cigarettes, must be able to do business at a dinner table. Men must be able to put on coat and ties. Always on display, physically, in front of people. That's an unwritten dress code to be a leader. When you go to work, I see it, people wearing shorts, flip-flops. They have no idea what colors match. Whether Did you know some people... They want to have beautiful tan skin. They think it's pretty. But if you look back in history, some of the most beautiful women had white, pure skin. If you have dark skin, they want to have white skin. It is just nuts out there. But you must learn the social customs of being a leader. That is what a leader does. A lot is done on the golf course. That's why so many leaders play golf. Done at dinner tables. Do you know how to do Zoom meetings? Do you know how to talk on the telephone knowing that other people are listening in? Cameras are always on you. Do you know how to dress appropriately? Maybe you need to lose weight. Do you know how to go to these state dinners? Do you know how to eat properly? Do you know the kind of table talk you should have? Can you talk to strangers sitting next to you? Do you know how to go through a line and curtsy and bow to a king or a queen? Or to shake hands? Do you wear, for a woman, do you wear short gloves, long gloves? What kind of jewelry should you wear after certain hours? Do you wear hose or no hose? Are your fingernails kept clean? Pictures are flying. The cameras are taking pictures. These are some of the unwritten of what a, does a leader do. What are the social customs that a leader must do? What are the communication skills a leader must do? Are you aware of the secret realm that's going on? Unspoken words and gestures and smiles? How do you use words to give orders to others? Is that what a leader does? And to know that all the time you're on display, you're being recorded, every cell phone, every text, every Twitter, they're taking pictures of you. They're trying to dig into your life. You got anything that you don't want coming out? Mm-hmm. What does a leader do? There's no books for this stuff. And if you don't know, then guess what? You're in trouble. What does a leader do? He must be effective. What does that mean? I guess different things to different people. Some people would say, just don't do anything and you'll be effective. Don't rock the boat. Don't drain the swamp. Just keep doing what the government system has always done. Is that what 
a leader does? Do you need abilities as a visionary? Do you need to be a visionary yourself? Or whatever it is, do you just go along like if you become a mother? Do you just do what your grandmother did? Let me tell you a wonderful story. This is so funny. There was a man, he got married, and it comes uh, to a time to cook a ham. Uh, maybe a special family time or something. And I know some of you people don't eat ham. You could use anything else you want to. And the lady cut off part of the ham to put it in a pan. And the husband said, what are you doing? You're wasting all of that meat. He said, well, that's what my mother did. And that's the only way I know how to cook. So this young husband went to this lady's, her, his wife's mother and said, did you do that? Yeah, I did. Well, why? Because my mother did. So he went to the grandmother. Why did you do that? Well, the pan was too small for the piece of meat that I had. So from that, a child learned from their mother, cut off the piece of that. There was no explanation to why. Then that mother passed it on to her daughter, and this man, from three generations is learning. You could have leadership skills and knowledge what has been passed on to you and the abilities from your grandparents and the, how you would run a system. So maybe your family or your ancestors taught you wrong. Maybe their form of leadership was different. Warring. Dictator. Nobody was to question you. Don't know. But what would your responsibilities be? Are you, if you're elected, are you there to serve the system or the people who elected you? Well, what about here, like here in America? Half the country doesn't vote for you. Well, how do you serve them? They don't want you there. Now this, what does a leader do? When half of the country doesn't want you, don't like you, didn't vote for you, how do you help them? That is hard for a leader to do. So then a leader must have other helpers like judges, Congress, Senate, local governors of state, keep people in order. Everybody waits for the next election to kick you out and get somebody else. Are you there? What does a leader do? Are they a change agent? We have that right now here in America. Drain the swamp. And the swamp don't like it. Could you be a non-politician and step into the political world? Ooh, major battle. But if you're a politician, then what system are you serving? What political party? Very interesting questions. What does a leader do? And if you are a change agent, we've had several presidents here say, we're going to fundamentally change this nation. Is that what you are going to do in your nation when you become a business owner? Are you going to fundamentally change business, like maybe not report your taxes? Rip off your people? Pay them extra? What 
Are you a change agent? Are you a transformative leader? Well, how do you transform something and make it better that you believe is better? Well, do you have any followers that are going to help you? Very interesting. Learning the duties of what a leader does and its responsibilities is vital and important. Just your very own life, learning how to lead yourself, your spirit, your soul, and your body. You're going to have war. Your soul's not going to want to do what your spirit wants to do. Oh, it might do it, but it might be very angry. So just learning to be a leader within yourself, where your spirit rules you. And this God you're connected to is working with your spirit. And your spirit is now working all that new information out to the soul. And the soul is going, yes, I agree. I must change. The way I've been thinking, feeling, the things I've used as my reins, my anger, my frustration. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to forgive people and love people. We're going to set our wants aside to help the poor. What does a leader do? Is it just a slave to the system that's there? Most days now we don't have kings. And it continues in one family. The king, as you know, in many countries, if you've studied, they used to be the absolute authority. Now, they had people helping them, advising them. But the kings looked at it, that was my personal property. We had good kings and good queens. But their lives were not normal, as you would. So when you do become a a leader, your life is not going to be the same. You'll have many more hours of work, study, learning. Your family may come second. But where do you put your God? Pastors have this trouble. When they get called to be a pastor or a minister. An imam. A rabbi. Do you put God first in your life? And family second? Do you put God first and your membership and the people you teach second? And your family third? A lot of problems happen within these groups of leaders because they not have clear distinctions of the order that it should be. Your life will not be normal as a leader. You'll have to work longer hours, way beyond 5 o'clock. You'll be studying late into the night, improving yourself, studying, learning, reading. You'll get very little sleep. Is that what a leader does? Yes. You have major decisions. You'll have to take the responsibility for the good and the bad. It must know all the facts. You'll be reading, reading, studying, listening to your counsel and your advisors. If you're a mother, who are your advisors to raise your children? Your ancestors, your mother, the father, your religious leaders? If you're a father, who's your mentors? Who are you listening to? If you're a business owner, Who are you listening to? Or will you be a free will person that says, I'm here. You've elected me. But I'm not a part of this system. 
There's all kinds of leaders. I've watched them over my many years. Some are good. Some are bad. Some lie right to the cameras. That's not the truth. Period. That ain't going to happen. And lo and behold, it happens. And they don't apologize. They don't correct their mistakes. We had one here that says, hey, if I can't get what I want, I'll use my pen. And I'll use my phone. I'll make laws by executive order. He did. And the Supreme Court's upholding it, even though it's unconstitutional. What is that? That throws away the constitution of your nation. Judges are not righteous. Just because it's been there for a long time. They'll twist and pervert the nation's laws. We got that right here in America. We got mouthy, 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 fleshy mouths mouthing off on Twitter. Is that what a good leader does? Sometimes a leader has to learn to keep its mouth shut. And just listen. Stay out of the fight. Stay out of the fray. But sometimes when you are the leader, they want you to, how do you lead people that didn't vote for you, that don't like you? And how do you lead people that they don't want you to be a change agent, a visionary? They want what they want. We have the battle going on here. I don't know about in your country. We have the nationalist versus the globalist. Hmm. We have borders versus no borders. Very interesting. We have all kinds of leaders, some that are very talkative, very informative. Some that don't do anything. They just go with the flow. So you have to learn what does a leader do. If you're at the UN level, what do you do? If you're back at home and you're just a county judge, what do you do? What happened if a person that helped give you money to get elected as a county judge does some illegal stuff with children or women do you judge against him knowing that they gave you money to vote for them so they could do their life is blackmail and bribe a part of being a leader I tell you my story again about my bible school teacher God told me to talk to him in the spirit, and I did through a young lady named Candy. You'll have to go look at <clears throat> some other videos. So what happened was he was teaching error. How would you like it if your imams or your rabbis were teaching you error out of your books? And you find that out, and you go, you got to stop doing that. Because you want to believe that what they're teaching you from this God or their God, is the truth. Most of us don't like being lied to. So I told this Bible school teacher he needed to stop teaching error to these babies. He said, I can't do that, for they will kill my family. We had a big problem there. He got his position in the Bible school by promising somebody, whoever they were, but now he lives in fear. Some of us are snookered as a leader. And we t- accept money. But we don't think anything of it. We are sheep. 
and we are led astray to the pride. What are the, does a leader do? Are you, are you to order people around to do things? Are you to strongly suggest? Are you to encourage them? Do you even know what the difference is? How do you lead? What does it, a leader do? Do you make the final decision? Do you have to become a listener to all the counselors, to all the voices? Where's that in the job description? Let me see. Get my papers straight. And what and who are you leading? What part of you, as we learned in the last, is the leader? Your spirit or your soul? Well, what is your spirit supposed to do as a leader? What is your soul supposed to do as a leader? What is your physical body supposed to do as a leader? What does a leader of a family do? What does a leader of your children do? What does a leader of a business do? Of your neighborhood do? Of a city A group of people, a religious group, a teacher of your nation. What does a leader do of international culture and organizations? So what does a leader do? Well, lead. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean somebody has to be following you to lead? Or are you just walking on a road by yourself? Does that even mean you know where you're going? Where you're taking other people? What end are you expecting to happen? If we go this direction, follow those reins over there, what's going to be the fruit of your leadership that everybody can see that it's good? Or is it rotten fruit? Or do you turn us so slowly that we don't even notice we're off the beaten path? Can you tell us where we're going? We had that one president. He said, I'm going to fundamentally change America. He didn't tell us from what to where. But he started making changes. Some of it was secret. Some of it was to right wrongs. Some of it was to go along with the global system that was in operation. Some of it, when you are trying to be a leader, you have people support you financially. They give you free stuff. Or they promise that when you're no longer a leader, we'll give you jobs. You'll make millions and millions and millions and millions. Oh, your daughters or your sons, they'll have a free college education. A lot of promises are made. And what do you have to do? Just lead the nation over that way. Slowly. And some of these presidents, or maybe in your country, if they do it too fast, everybody rejects it. There's an old saying. If you try to put an animal into hot boiling water quickly, they will fight against it. But if you put it in cold water, 
and you slowly turn up the heat, they won't even know they're getting cooked. Some leaders are smart. They slowly, slowly turn the nation, the family. Others do it drastically. So, what does a leader do? Is it slow, fast? What roads are you going to take us on through your decisions? Can you tell us what your end result would be if we go this way with you? Do you have followers that you can trust? Or they fight against you. Right over here in America, we got people that come in, as you know, and they're not politicians, and the swamp is there. Leftovers from the other organization and the other president. They fight against you. Could that go on if you're a leader? What happens if you get married, and there's, and this is your second marriage? Maybe there's some spiritual stuff from the other person still there. Can you make a hard decision and accept the responsibilities of it, good or bad? Can you talk to the nation, you know, those fireside chats? Can you sit and talk to them? Can you cry in front of them? Can you embrace them when the things come? Can you deal with disasters, floods and tsunamis? Are you a builder? Can you build hospitals? dig for wells can you clean up the garbage can you say that is not acceptable or do you just accept well that's the class they're in and that's the and you just take the money for you can you motivate others to want to be better to follow you where you're going are you an encourager or a dictator so what are you to do is it defined for you in your job description? There's no job description written for being a wife or a husband. There might be if you become an imam or, or a rabbi. But there's a lot of room for flexibility. Where's the job description that I could read about you being a leader to see if you're doing it? Are you still going to be supervised, mentored, by who? Who could I contact and check on to see how you're doing? Are you under a God that's helping you? Who are your who is speaking into your life? Who is leading you? So I wanted to bring this up to you. This is a long one I know. I hadn't videotaped in over a week. But what does a leader do? Many things. You have to learn. Some of it's unwritten, so you need to be with people who've been leaders. Maybe they're retired now. And they can teach you things. You need to be under mentors and public speaking coaches. LinkedIn trainers. Learn your elevator speech. Learn about dress code, hairdos, jewelry, lipstick. How to go to parties and receptions. How to conduct business meetings. Zoom meetings. How to listen. How to get along with everybody. How to make, you don't, you're not going to make friends. And you're not going to be able, 
I don't want you to be bribed. You'll be tested on that. We'll give you some money. You say, no, thank you. Donate it to a worthy cause. Because you're in a powerful position when you're a leader. And you can sway people, nations and businesses, neighborhoods and cities. You can even move the law by your judgment. Oh yeah, we have unrighteous judges right here. You can allow your emotions and your political party or your religion to cloud your judgment for the nation. So what does a leader do? They lead. But you have to learn so much. Now you might get elected and then you can, sometimes you can only do so long and then you're done. You have to learn how to work with others. Here in America you got senators, congressmen that pass federal law. And then there's governors. And then there's city council members. You have to know the system. Because if not, you become a dictator. Even the ancient kings of old, they had counselors who were to carry out the law. But it had to be good law for everybody. Back in Elizabeth I's case in England, there was war between the Catholics and the priest. Excuse me, the Catholics and the Protestants. She had to put an end to that so her people could be at peace. She also had to be a warrior. You had to pray. You had a lot of people around you all the time. You're never alone. Study Elizabeth I. She wanted to be a woman. Have normal woman relationships and be loved. But all the men wanted something. They wanted ships or positions. So she had to set that womanly love apart. Your family will pull on you. Well, why don't you spend more time with us? Your children will need you. I just read a wonderful article about when you're a young prince and you have a family. Enjoy it, because when you become king, that duty will take you away. When you become a leader, let's say a father, you must support your family. You must go to work. You'll miss out on all the nurturing and stuff, because you must pay the bills. If you become a judge, you're working family comes second so what does a leader do a lot written and unwritten social and cultural you must be connected to a God supporting you and loving you guiding you with wisdom so what does a leader do <laughs> you gotta study learn know that you don't know it all don't know how to do anything but you must also learn to do it. So, in conclusion, what does a leader do? Lots of listening. Lots of decision making. Lots of looking ahead. Being a visionary. But staying steady day after day. Just like a mother looks forward to seeing the children raised and adults. Day in and day out, a mother speaks words of wisdom 
and love and comfort to the child. The father works day in and day out to secure a place for everybody to live and to feel safe. We need both. You need to be both a mother that's comforting and loving, encouraging, and a father steady, working, disciplined, caring for your family, which is the maybe, the nation, or maybe it's the organization or the business. You need both parts of you, a mother's side and the father's side. And then on top of that, what does a leader do? You better have a God that loves you, that you're in communication with, that can lead you moment by moment. I'll tell you how that works. I was working in the missionary missionography training academy. I was going to tell a two-minute story. I was practicing it going in, and God said, don't tell that story. I don't want that story told. I go, okay. Now, he told me he didn't want me to throw pearls before swine. I go, oh, dear. He's calling his own people swine. But what he was saying is they were mainly flesh creatures, children of the flesh. And what I would have said to them wouldn't have mattered anyway, was unimportant. So he said, don't tell that one. Tell another one. And he gave me what it was. So I had to change right in midstream. Sometimes when you're a leader, you want to stick right. Pastors have this trouble. They prepare. They study. Imams. And then all of a sudden the God says, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go this way. Well, do you follow the God that's supposed to be leading you? Caring for the nation and the people? Or do you stay right with what you have studied, prepared for? Those are hard challenges. But what does the leader do? He stays steady and constant and stable, but flexible. He's listening in communication to his God. He knows history, ancient history. He knows the system he's going into. He knows all the parameters that are there. He knows the people. He knows himself inside and out. His weaknesses, his secret sins. You got any of those? Where he'll be tested and bribed and also... What does a leader do? He'll pay a price to lead. Can you pay that price? Can you give up friends and maybe put your family second to run the business, to to run the business, to fathers are in a horrible place. They don't get to be home a lot. They have to work. But they provide a home and family for the family and money and finances. But they don't get to be there as the mother is. So you must learn to have both sides of you. And if you can't be the mother's side, then get some women on the council meetings. Because they think differently. Men, as we know, they're more technical. Let's get the job done. Or women, whoa, let's think about this. They're more emotional. What does a leader do? A lot. So I hope that helps you in this class number seven of Master Class Initiative number seven. What does a leader do? I will try to put all those in the... Uh, jo- uh, excuse me, my brain has just left me. In the description, all those links to those people I mentioned. 
so that you can look them up. They are wonderful teachers. Need a lot of help. Need to know how to write, speak, and communicate. You need to practice in front of a camera. Practice getting dressed up like you're giving a speech. Need to have practice in council meetings. Need to practice. Not just know the law. Not just know information. Some people are very smart, much smarter than me, but they can't get along with people. What does a leader do? You must have people skills and get along, but must be a listener. You must know a lot. But first, you must realize you don't know anything. So become a student first. Get under mentors and training and study. Practice. That's what a leader's to do, just to get going. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. And I'll see you in class number eight of Master Class Initiative of Nigeria. Leadership Development. Let's do a quick little prayer. Dear Father, help all those who desire to become a leader to search out those hidden things about themselves, about the system, about leading. Help them to discover. Father, help them to know you're going to try their reins, their concepts and ideas and thoughts and desires to see if it will get the fruit that you desire for the nation, the people, the family. Father, dig deep inside of them to discover hidden sins and secret thoughts that may take the nation in a horrible place. Father, dig into their feelings. Are they angry and jealous? What are their real desires? Help them to learn what a leader does. In the name of the greatest leader there ever was, the creator of the universe, who he himself had to learn how to be a leader among us down here. Amen. See you next time on Masterclass Initiative of Nigeria. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually the Lord's way for many, many years. Come again, watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at Agape Love is here.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministry, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.